Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and welcome to The Ziegler Show. In this episode, self-care is community care. Here's a quote for you. Self-care is community care. If you don't care for yourself, you take it out on other people. Well, that's the phrase that jumped out at me as I asked Adrienne Bankert about her healthy habits. She responded with the statement after I asked about her habits in the personal spoke on the Ziegler Wheel of Life that we follow here on the Habits shows. And I feel it's just a significant paradigm shift on self-care. And I find it to be just so true. When I have poured myself out and not filled back up, others suffer. Maybe I don't take it out of them in a negative way necessarily, but I have less to offer them at least. They're not getting my best. At the idea of a listener, I'm expanding on the habit show to ask some deeper questions, such as in this show, we start off with Adrian talking about the key habits and routines that she just values most for herself overall. Uh, if you didn't catch it, Adrian Bankert is a national correspondent for ABC News and was my guest in episode 789, where we discussed the very acute success strategy of kindness, which is the topic of her new book, Your Hidden Superpower, the kindness that makes you unbeatable at work and connects you with anyone, uh, which you can find her new book and access her Your Hidden Superpower e-course at yourhiddensuperpower.com. So I'll bring Adrian to you right after I share what's happening at Ziggler for you and some great products and services. Well, Adrian, I'm going to start off asking about your habits. We all have our habits, but I, I really enjoy hearing like, what are your favorite ones? Like, what are the, what are the pillars? If you got to rely on one, it's a rush day. The things that you're not going to miss for the most part to make sure that you get out of yourself, what you need to do. So what, what are the, what are the top wrong habits and routines that you have? Number one, yep. breathing, breathing, <laughs> okay. breathing, deep breathing. It was, it all started because I used to always get told, you know, somebody who was a trained overthinker from probably birth, um, you can obsess over how to make life the way you want it to look. You know, you're just like, how is this going to happen? And when am I going to do this? And I'm not doing enough. And I remember getting told quite frequently by people who would mentor me and coach me as Adrian, just breathe, just take a breath, breathe. And at one point, I remember having a conversation with a woman who I'm still in touch with. In fact, I'll talk to her in about 45 minutes here. <laughs> she would say, Adrian, just take a breath. Hmm. Stay in your bubble. <laughs> and what she meant was don't try to deal with anything outside of yeah. you. Yeah. And I, that particular day was frustrated about things not going the way that I wanted in my career. I actually posted a video about this on Instagram and I heard her say, just breathe. And I wanted to throw the phone. I'm like, how are you going to tell me just to breathe? Like, and so I hung the phone up. I, I said, okay. And I didn't get mad at her, but I hung the phone up and I'm sitting in my car. And I remember feeling just completely out of control. And the thought occurred to me, how can I really be grateful for all these wonderful things that I want to have happen in my life? If I can't be grateful for the breath, yeah. that breath, that power, that force of life coming through me, channeling through me, that allows me to do anything. I was really in essence despising because I wasn't grateful for it the way that I was grateful for the opportunity that hadn't come yet. Yeah. So when I took a deep breath, I took a breath with the knowledge or the realization that this was life. Thank you for this little, what seems little breath that is gonna fuel me so that I can achieve my next goal or my next step in life. 
And, um, do you, so can I, can I, I ask, them, do you do that in like a, uh, you know, an intentional, like a meditative aspect or is it just a, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. No, it's, it's very much like breathing in and out and really deeply so that I'm conscious of what's happening and just thank you. Like, thank you for breath. Like, thank thankful that there's something to keep my heart moving right now, because if I stopped breathing, yeah. I couldn't have what I'm trying so hard to attain. So how it's like, you know, it's like if you're, if your child, you know, says, mommy, daddy, I want to go to the mall. And you say, okay, but first we have to eat breakfast. It's really important that you have breakfast and you, your wife or you makes this wonderful, healthy breakfast for him. And he says, I don't want that. No, that's disgusting and pushes the plate away or throws it on the floor or gives it to the dog and basically tells you, I don't want what you did for me. I don't want what you prepared for me. I don't want your care for me. I just want to go to the mall, (laughs) you know? And you would probably be a little annoyed with that kid and be like, you know what? I don't really feel like taking you to the mall right now. (laughs) And I think of myself being that like kid that needs to be reminded, like be thankful for the breath and then you get to go to the party. <laughs> be thankful for the breath, and then you get to accomplish this amazing goal. Be hmm. thankful for the breath, and then you get to reach this financial goal. And stop being so driven that you forget that you have life right now. You're gifted. You're especially right now with all that's going on in the world, where people's breath has been ripped off of them. Yeah. You know, but people's breath has been stolen. How dare I not take a moment to breathe? So that's number one. I'm glad we got through number one. Yeah. Um, right. That's the truth. And then walking. I love walking. New York is a walking city for sure. Um, I, I've learned that if I don't get out and move, you know, I wish that I was one of those people who did all the Zoom yoga and Zoom uh, CrossFit and right. Zoom dance classes. I really wish I was that person, but that is not me. My yoga mat is nowhere to be found. So I um, get out and get a nice walk in. Yeah. And I've learned to listen to music while I walk so that I can drown out the construction sounds and the sirens. And um, I center myself in that. It just really helps me. But Mm. reading is also another habit that I have. And um, I said breathing already. And writing is a major habit. I mean, it's not about being a goal. Writing for me is like art. Yeah. It's like painting, which I, I do like art and I've painted and drawn since I was two. But if you don't have some type of creative expression to me, you're not really living. So you, I have to write. You mentioned in, well, thank you. Uh, otherwise we wouldn't have your book. So I'm grateful that you write uh, <laughs> right. sometimes with a goal. I, I'm grateful for that. Um, in the, in, in our first show together, you talked about uh, out of the context uh, was something else, but about you're not a fan of the lifting weights and the working. Out. So you walk for your physical wellness. What are the things do you normally outside of, you know, COVID do you normally do uh, classes or what's your, what's your outlet there? I joined a gym and then the gym closed. I joined oh, yeah. the gym in December and then it closed in March and it was really a struggle to like, like to me having a gym, you know, I'm running. What I normally do is run on the treadmill for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then I do about 20 minutes of weights. Yeah, that's what I would do. I've done Pilates, um, but really, I I am grateful for a high metabolism, uh-huh. and I definitely want to step it up, like in the fitness arena, more this year. So those are habits that I am, am endeavoring to include more and more. But right now, with the gym closed, a good healthy walk and some stretching at the park and 
Yeah. Hopefully the chiropractor opens soon because that's a big habit that I keep to always go to the chiropractor <laughs> yeah. that I can't go to right now. Yeah. How about uh, nutritionally? Any specific guidelines there? You say you have a high metabolism, so do you just eat whatever? I was raised with a mom who's very conscious of sugar. Mm. And so she would really um, be mindful of how much sugar we were consuming. And we didn't eat a lot of sugar. We didn't eat any red meat growing up. Yeah. But I learned to grow as I was an adult that steak was something that I really enjoyed. So it actually works well with my body. Hmm. Uh, I think you have to find out there are things that our parents give us that we need to build on or sometimes change as we get older, you know. Uh, but she was very much about no butter, like using like pureed fruit in replacement of like fat in baking and muffins and things like that. So. I really am grateful for my mom because she was so aware of like eating enough fruits and vegetables every single day and making a lot of homemade foods. And so I do not cook as much as my mother did at mm. all. I eat a lot of prepared foods, but I've always been really conscious about the, the foundation that she laid in eating enough greens, enough fruits. And if I'm going to enjoy something like heavy or like rich, I have to do it in moderation. I mean, I went to France to cover the Women's World Cup. Oh. <laughs> and I found out very quickly that while I really like butter and bread, yeah. it is different butter and bread in France. And foie gras and escargot and all those rich French onion soup, you should not have all of them together in the same 24 to 48 hour period. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Discipline okay. is good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Adrian, you talked in the, in the first show together and you have now about your mother and the influence that she had on you. Um, I must have missed it in the book if you had it in there, but you mentioned in the first show that you were adopted. Um, no, 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 no. I said I was adopted by Texas. <gasps> right. So, so okay. meaning that Texans, like they have embraced me and I'm so grateful. A lot of times people will contact me and say, wait a minute, you're from Texas. Cause I'll say my hometown of Sacramento. No, no, no. I'm not adopted. Got I am it, not adopted it, got it, got it. physically in a family. I am adopted by the entire DFW okay. Metroplex. Okay. Because I was going to say, I, <laughs> I missed that. I was going to ask about that. You know, when you look at the, the healthy habits, the healthy routines that you do or want to do, which is, and maybe you already talked about it some with the, the exercise, but which would you say is the one that you... you continue to do or try to, but is the most challenging in there, whether it's, you know, physical or spiritual or relationship, anything, where's the one that is, is cause you got your, you know, everybody's got the ones that they love that are easy for me, you know, working out. Yeah. I'm one of those freaks. I, I actually like it, but I have others that are a challenge. What are challenging for you? It would be working out. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I actually started saying that I like working out yeah. and I want to work out so that I'll work out because when you say you don't want to do something, you just won't do it. Yeah. But it's just, I don't, I don't want to, I'd rather sit there and dance for 30 minutes mm -hmm. or 45 minutes or an hour than yeah. run. I'd rather walk because then I can see things and stop and take photos and yeah. have a nice picnic lunch. Like I want it to be this experiential thing, but I can also go into the gym and run at a pretty good clip on a treadmill and, and people would be like, oh, okay, you're in shape. You're good. Yeah. So I'm you, grateful. You, um, in, in our first show together, you talked about, well, you referenced me. I was talking about my wife. I've got a, a lot of kids and that you have, and what a gift that is, is what you yeah. said ultimately. And you've chosen a, a different path and you are so involved with so many people and so many relationships. So let me ask that. What are the things, the habits, routines that you employ to have the relational connections and health that you want? 
Well, first of all, mentoring is such a big part. And I talked mm. about mentoring in our previous conversation yep. and I've been mentored for so long and I've mentored people for so long that mm. I have regular mentoring meetings every week. Um, it's kept me sane, I like to say, because whenever you're investing in other people, that kindness, I talk about it in one of the chapters, I think it's chapter 10, it keeps you consistent, consistently giving, consistently thinking of other people, mm. consistently seeing yourself as the answer, even if your life is filled with problems. And so to me, I, I just, I would not even think, just like you would not think of working out less. Yeah. I would not think of diminishing mentoring in my life. It's just something that I'm constantly drawn to investing in other people and help, and sharing the knowledge that I've been given with them because I want to give people the answers that I've been given so that they know what to do because now I know what to do at a yeah. greater way. So that's a huge part. Um, in fact, I started moderating a group inside of my company uh, where I employ some of the mentoring and the aspects of getting people to think differently because you can't necessarily always tell somebody what to do, right? Yeah. You want to get them to think of it as their idea. Mm -hmm. So it's about asking questions and putting it forth thought-provoking concepts so that they come to their own conclusion. But also my girlfriends, like I live on the East Coast and most of my friends live in Texas or in California. Mm -hmm. And so I made it a rule back in 2018 that I had to travel back West every month. And so even with all of my global travel, even with traveling all over the world in the past two years, I was able to keep up with that and travel to Sacramento to see my family, Los Angeles and Dallas, Fort Worth, um, one to three months, every one wow. to three months. You, it's a lot of travel. <laughs> that's a lot of travel. That is a lot. You, when you talk about mentoring, I, I want to know in what... You mentioned it. You said you had a group at work, but yeah, in what capacity? I mean, you can mentor in a lot of things, um, but who is there a certain demographic of person that you enjoy mentoring in a certain way? Or are you doing it across the board wherever it comes up? Well, I think that because I am a woman, I tend to have a lot of women who want to be mentored. You know sure, what I mean? But sure. I have mentored men too. Um, I think that it's important to have people who just are desirous enough, you know, they, yeah. they want to change. And so it's usually a, a, a lot of people in the beginning, it was people who wanted to get into the broadcasting or media world. And so I would give them my advice and my perspective and my tips. Um, there was one gentleman that I coached in voice consulting. Like I talked to him about his voice. Um, it really was about him connecting with people more from a place of trust hmm. that he trusted his voice and that other people could trust his voice and him telling their stories. Yeah. Um, but for people inside the companies, I mean, like before I ever had any formalized group, people would come to me and ask me for advice. Hmm. They'd stop by my office. They'd send me an email. They'd ask me for time. They'd call me. And so I think that might be the result of being coached so deeply and mentored so much. And also the fact that I'm the oldest of seven kids and I just inherently have this, okay, let me show you guys what I did. And here's how you make, you know, taco salad and let's <laughs> go over the recipe so you <laughs> yep. can do it when I'm not here. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that. That clip my, my family will, have, uh, will hear. I have seven biological kids and then, um, and a couple adopted and every Friday, Whoa. every fr Friday is taco salad night. So you just, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you just resonated with the whole crew, the whole clan, the whole clan right there. You've mentioned coaching over and over again. Yeah. And in that aspect of your own, tell me about that, what you, what you do, what you have generally done, what you're doing even now, just to 
grow and progress in your life, in your career, personal, professional, either way, share it with us. I think that, I mean, I could give you a whole long list. We don't have probably time for that, but my, my biggest gift or takeaway that I would tell somebody in terms of what I need to be coached and how I need to develop and what I do with other people is an openness to include other people in the dream. I Mm. think that we, and I can't speak for, you know, every city in America, every town, but when you go to college, you have this idea of what you're going to do after college, but it always stems from a place of this is my dream. Mm. This is what I'm going to do. And I don't know that anybody pulled me aside and said, hey, I just want to let you know, there's going to be a lot of people involved in your dream. And your dream is going to require partnership. And your dream is going to require other people being kind to you, not just you being great at what you do. And so for me, I think that um, learning the lesson that your tomorrow or your future lies in the hands of a lot of people who are willing to invest with you and, and be kind to you and adopt the dream like it's their own. I mean, maybe it's just a handful of people. Maybe it's just one person. But my mom would tell me back in the day, um, this poem by John Donne, No Man is an Island. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she would constantly say that. And she's from a big family too. So it's just a shift in our thinking that we can't do this on our own. And I've needed coaching. And as I've been more open to having people invest with me, I've gotten a lot more accomplished. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like I said, I didn't think of the kindness book. It wasn't even on my radar. And I worked on it all the time intentionally to be kind, but I wasn't thinking I should write a book about this. No, I was thinking I need to be kinder. What can I do to be kinder? Um, But you don't always know how much of an expert you are until somebody asks you to write a book on it. And that's why I was willing to be coached in that and see what we've got now. Somebody who read my book. And I'm curious in that you were, you were uh, encouraged to do that, advocated to, to do this book. So now you've done that. Is that just uh, an island unto itself? Or is this a direction you're going to continue with authoring, with messages, with this uh, desire to influence? Well, I already am starting on my other books. So <laughs> this is just the beginning. Is that, is is that, just the beginning. Is that still under wraps? Yeah, because it's it's so in progress. But okay. I mean, right. second, third, and fourth books already like mapped out. Beautiful. I, okay. I don't have any end to kindness. Um, I when I wrote it two years ago, kindness was popping up. But now, if you look around, there's a lot more kindness, you know, and and people who desire. And even when you hear people talk now, it's like you. Know, the one thing I want for my kids. You even said it yourself. Yeah. I think. I heard Kim Kardashian say it in a video the other day. And then I heard somebody else say it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. All I want is for my kids to be kind. You know, that's my, I really, more than anything, I want them to be kind. I also want them to be this, this, and this. And so, you know, for me, I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. So neither am I. (laughs) Good, good. Reason to have you back on the show. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and our Habits episode with ABC News national correspondent Adrian Bakert. Next, we get into the personal spoke of Adrian's life where she states her self-care is community care and the topic I titled the show after. Uh, so, so insightful. We'll jump right back in after I share some great products and services with you. I want to hit a couple more things <laughs> on your habits. Okay. What do you do that's just for you? Just 
fun. Just play. Doesn't have to, you talked about writing without having to have a goal in mind. What are the things that you do that just, uh, even, even call it self-care, the things that you do just for Adrian? Well, I'm glad you brought up that term because I actually don't believe there's any such thing as I, I call, I call self-care community care okay. because my theory is if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to take it out on other people. That's Beautiful, actually. Yeah. I mean, if I don't if I don't invest in me and give myself a fighting chance and give myself a chance to breathe, then somebody's going to pay the price for that with my cranky attitude later. So I have learned that um, it's really a community effort that we all allow ourselves that space and time. Yeah. Um, uh, before this, you know, the crisis of 2020 happened, I had this rule that I had to go on some type of tropical getaway at least once a year, preferably yep. twice. Yep. And thankfully I did have a trip right before this all happened. So where'd you go? Where did you go? I was in Florida, so I could call that tropical to sure. some degree. But sure. um, for me, it's, I love traveling. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm made for hotel industry, made for the airline industry with yeah. my job, you know, having to pull me on a plane, but I needed a trip and I still need trips that are just for pleasure or for fun. Yeah. It can't just be all work. Even though I make every work trip fun, it's not the same because yeah. you're on call like a nurse. I, I love the term. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to gently share that with my wife. Uh, she knows it, but you know, it's with all the kids. It's so easy to just keep investing, investing, but that if you don't take self-care is community care, that's just a great line. If you don't take care of yourself, you're going to take it out on other people. It's good for me to, it's always a good reminder for me as well. So here's, here's one I, I like as much as I am an advocate of health and wellness and good habits too. I also know that I, I am an appetite driven person. I think most people are, <laughs> and, uh, I have to have those outlets. Now I try to elevate, I did a show recently on elevating your appetite, maybe get a, a little healthier quality, uh, thing to fulfill that appetite. But I, I like vices. I have mine. I know them. I love them. Uh, now there's, <laughs> what are you? I love my vices. Okay. I, I do. I, I, I'm so grateful to look forward to those certain things. So uh, what about for you? Any, uh, any indulgences or, or vices that you enjoy? There is a, um, my, one of my very dear friends lives in what I call a little slice of heaven in Northern California. It's a place in between Sacramento and Tahoe called mm -hmm. Apple Hill. It's Camino, California. And Apple Hill is a cooperative of growers of Christmas trees and wineries and pumpkin patches. And um, there's this place where you can buy apple pie, like just, I mean, like every kind of apple pie you can think of is right there. And they sell apple cider and apple honey and apples on with caramel on them and all that stuff. I skip all the apples. It's called Apple Hill. I skip all the apples and I go to this place one of the farms that sells fresh blackberry sour cream pie. Oh. And it is literally like you took your ice cream on top of a blackberry cobbler and you baked the ice cream into it. It's so rich. It's so decadent. I, my friends would go to Apple Hill and I'll buy apple pies. And I'm like, okay, y'all have fun. I'm going to get my blackberry pie. Uh -huh. They didn't believe me. And then they finally like were like, um, where did you get this pie? <laughs> and it's one of the best things. In fact, last um, this past winter, I bought them out. I think they had like 16 pies left and I said, give me all of them. And <laughs> so they were like, okay, you got the last one. So now whenever I go back, I'm like, my friends have them in their freezers. Like I was like, you guys store them because you know, you can have some, 
They're like, can we bake one of your pies right now? I said, sure. I'm like, just save me one. That's all I need. <laughs> I love pie. God bless pie. <laughs> if you ever go to Apple Hill, you have to get a blackberry sour cream pie. Okay. I, it sounds right, <laughs> right up my alley. In your mentoring, um, one last uh-huh. one last one for you, Adrian. In your mentoring, if you have somebody who is not they have to be pursuing your line of work, but is really pursuing their own personal and professional uh, success and achievement and growth. When you look, thinking of this term, this aspect of of good habits and good routines with kindness having to be at the top of the list there, yeah. not to give it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a one, three, a top, you know, but if there was a, just a handful, just these don't violate these, please partake of these. If it was a top three or something like that, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Besides kindness? Along with it. Yeah. Along with it. Sure. Okay. Okay. Like, like give me a little bit more. So for me, like what I always tell people is, Like if you say, you know, Adrian, what do you stand for? It's like kindness, connection, and realness. Those are my three. Okay. I didn't hear that before. Okay. Got it. Well, I didn't say it before, so it's okay. (laughs) Say say it again. Say it again. Kindness. Kindness, Uh connection, and realness or authenticity. Yeah. Like when people say to you, you're so real. I love that about you. You're so real. That's like about the best compliment you can give somebody. Because how do you quantify that? How do you quantify? I mean... Who doesn't want anything but to be real? I don't want to be a little bit fake. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. No, that, I, so those are my three things that I, if I could impart them to anybody and if I want to maximize what I already have, it's kindness, mm-hmm. connection, connection, and realness. You have been kind and uh, I, I appreciate the connection here and you are incredibly real. That's so grateful. I'm, yeah, we'll have fun. We, uh, we did uh, last night as the family, we were watching, we were watching something that got us into watching bloopers. Uh, we were watching, you know, Jumanji and some of those. Uh, but we do a lot of that watching TED Talks and, and whatnot. I'm going to pull up some of your interviews and talk on the aspect of kindness with my family uh, so they can see what I feel like, again, is just the fruit of your kindness, connection, realness that we get to see in your work. No wonder you're at the place that you are. So just thank you. Uh, it's been a gift. Well, thank you for the gift of allowing me on. I appreciate it. My honor. All right. Let me give you that quote again. My favorite one from this episode. Self-care is community care. If you don't care for yourself, you take it out on other people. Again, you can get Adrian's book, Your Hidden Superpower, the kindness that makes you unbeatable at work and connects you with anyone and get access to the Your Hidden Superpower e-course at yourhiddensuperpower.com. Well, coming up in episode 792, what would you ask Zig? And this is part two. Uh, we're continuing from episode 790. And the question that I had posted to Ziggler listeners, if you could have a one-hour consultation with Zig Ziggler, what area of life or business would you get his advice on? And to just get through the very, so many relevant responses, it took Tom Ziggler and I nearly two hours. And what came out was very much a best of Zig Ziggler. Uh, due to the length, we cut it in two shows. So in this episode, 
episode were uh, regarding Zig Ziglar and, and issues around faith and sales and relationships and working with family and regrets and self-image. I mean, you're going to get much of the ethos that made Zig Ziglar a near household name who touched over 250 million lives and always growing with his message of hope and, of course, inspiring your true performance. Uh, so you're going to enjoy it. Until then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 